Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello. And welcome to Lucy's Week in Ambridge. Well, goodness me, we're doing Journey with Jill. Is it a one-way trip to Zurich with Dignitas? Sadly, no. It's a trip down memory lane through the bygone years of cliché, following Jill Archer's progress from a psychotic food mixer saleswoman to arsonist and criminal flapjack-throwing queen of the underworld and tribal leader of a swarm of poisonous bees. Over at Lower Loxley, Elizabeth has hit Tinder with a vengeance. Any sex life Jolene has now is vicarious, I think, as she pops up using her Cadbury's caramel voice. Anytime anyone's even thinking about Nookie. She's a psychic sex vampire, which is probably what she's going as at whatever lacklustre shambles the bull's planning for Halloween. But for now, she's homed in on Elizabeth. What would your dead husband Nigel do if he was being pursued by an amorous 50-year-old man? She asked Elizabeth. An unusual question, Jolene, but one Elizabeth could answer smartly by realising that Nigel would have asked to see the old gentleman in the nip. It's a strange world they live in at Lower Loxley. Chris is attempting to suffocate Alice and once again is not listening to a single word she is saying. And as she's at the early stages of pregnancy and likely to heave at the tiniest whiff of petrol, smell of bacon or hint of anything acidic, suggesting that she next grapefruit kombucha aqua fresca, while the rest of her friends are getting trolleyed on Prosecco, is nausea inducing on every level. Alish tried to take her mind off it by hand-drying the quinoa grain by grain with a hairdryer, but even that paled so she trotted off to see Auntie Lillian. The ideal woman to take advice on pregnancy from. Spot on. And she was jolly useful. Being pregnant for the first time can be overwhelming, said Lillian comfortably. But I can't really remember it as most of it was in a blur of alcohol. So, let me pour you a glass of wine, darling, and have a bit of this unpasteurised cheese. Cigarette? I mean, I know Alice is in a state at the moment, but she has met James, hasn't she? Does he seem like the product of a normal mother to anyone? Lillian did point out, however, that in between Chris, Susan and Jennifer, Alice would hardly see the baby once she'd popped it. It would be like one of the Mitford babies handed round the family like a pass-the-parcel until the last one holding it had to pay its school fees. Being brought up by Jennifer and Susan, though, does mean it will have a massive crisis of social standing. It'll say lavatory and tabard. Very confusing. Elizabeth and Freddie were musing over Christmas at Lower Loxley. Any hope we had that owing to the ever-changing and nonsensical Covid policies of this government we might get away without a flaming Christmas show have been dashed by these two numpties planning to recoup their losses with yet more imaginative ways to bilk the public. 
I was up early reading the guidance and trying to work out what we can get away with at Deck the Hall this year, said Elizabeth. The eight quid entry fee is what you've been getting away with for years, Elizabeth. Eight pound to get people to decorate your own tree for you. Listen to a senile old man read limericks and look at a traumatised pensioner trapped in the attic. Robert won the Flower and Produce show after a week's worth of bickering with Lindy Bottom. He entered his agapanthus. Well, it has been difficult with Linda being out of action. There was more naughty milkman rubbish. Whoever wrote this has got a seriously weird idea about what prospective clients are going to find attractive. Since when have milkmen worn tight leather trousers, flouncy white shirts and waistcoats? Captain Jack semi-skinned. Anyway, apparently it's not Jacob now because he's too sullen looking. Well, he was when Lillian took the photos. He looked all cheerful when Kate was taking them, but that's because she was stark naked. It's just not the same when Lillian's slapping around in her mules saying, Give me a bit more Tom Jones, darling. Linda invited Lily around to tell her about her sex life. Of course she did. Apparently they're now at it like naughty milkmen, so much so that Linda's wig blew off. Philip and Gav are getting more and more peculiar. I genuinely think the reason Philip is good at lying is because he actually doesn't believe he is lying. He thinks that what he's doing is completely normal and fine, and it's just crusty with her funny beliefs, you know, about not hunting and using solar power and not imprisoning people and forcing them to work themselves to death for you and calling them horses. Gav, on the other hand, is the world's worst liar. Absolutely shocking. He's having to pretend he has a gambling problem and Krusty's really run with it as there is nothing she likes more than something she can rescue someone from. If it carries on like this, they're going to have to put a pretend trigger warning at the end of the show. If you've been affected by a gambling addiction you don't really have, don't call the BBC because it's not real. In a horrifying new venture, Elizabeth has passed on responsibility for the Christmas show to Freddie. Her manner at work, he's only allowed responsibility for fairy liquid. Excellent. He said that the key things to think about were space, time, audience, legacy, and don't fall off the roof or out the window. And finally, in a unique conversation that managed to be A, a woman talking about babies without going on, but I just know when I see one, it'll be all lovely. And B, a mother saying to her child, well, I'm a bit sad that you're not having children, but it's not about me. And I'm glad you've thought about it and figured out what you really want. Jolene and Fallon had a proper conversation, which highlighted how dreadful the usual conversations are in the arches between mothers and daughters. Someone who had made the unlikely decision to call their baby Wolf had asked Fallon to be its godparent and she had decided that not only did she not want to do that, she didn't want to be a parent-parent either. She pretended it was because of the environment, but really it was to spare the poor little sod from being sung to in its cradle by Granny Jolie. Well, whatever your reasons, Fallon, well done. Now, go and tell Auntie Lillian to read some medical advice that wasn't printed in 1963, tell Elizabeth to stop referring to women as dolly birds, and tell Chris that all women are not intended to be mothers, and then the next generation of Ambridgeites might have a bloody chance. The end.